Good morning and welcome to Saturday Morning Dads, the podcast where two average dads review the best and worst in children's media. Today we're talking about Under Wraps 2 from Disney, now available for streaming on Disney+. Plus. Good morning, Curtis. Good morning, Sean. So, uh, we watched a movie yesterday. We did. We watched a a moving picture. Moving, a moving yes, there was... A talkie. Um, it was a talkie. A talkie. A 90-minute runtime. Yeah, yeah. What other good things can we say about this movie? Uh, it was in color. Oh, the color grading was very well done. Well, I wouldn't say well done, but yes, it was in color. It had that classic 90s... Not 90s, what am I saying? It had that classic Disney uh, straight-to-TV movie vibe. Oh, man, there was never a more Disney Channel movie made than this one. My favorite thing about it was how some of the people could act. Oh, man, they were uh, classically trained Shakespearean actors, you could tell. I'd say the majority, probably about 55% of the people in this movie were able to do acting. Yeah, they had lines. They uh, said those lines on camera. Um, they did actions with their bodies. Uh, it was a a romp. Now, yeah, some of the people weren't alive and didn't do very good actions. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we'll, we'll get into the movie here in a second. Let's take a second to for a little up top banter. How are you feeling? Uh, you know, I'm a little under the weather today. Um. The seasons are changing. This is kind of the the second, maybe the second day that feels like fall. Yes, it's the coldest day so far. Uh, yeah, and I immediately start feeling bad. Um, I don't know why, but yeah, I don't know if it's my allergies kick in or what. But um, so if uh, I'm going to try not to sniffle or breathe weird into the microphone, um, but if I do, that's uh, that's what you're hearing. You're hearing it's it's all it's nature. How are you feeling? Oh, just fine. Great. FC Dallas won their playoff game. Yeah, oh, I watched was... the I watched the highlights. Those were um, that looked like a wild game. Looked like, well, you saw, you only saw the highlights, which took four minutes. There were well, yeah, eighty six other very I suppose, boring minutes. Uh, it was still a soccer man, game. Man, soccer looks really exciting when you only watch the highlights. <laughs> yeah. It looks like, uh, you know, NASCAR is the biggest like example of that. Like if you just watch the NASCAR highlights, it looks like the most exciting thing in the world. Cars are blowing up, crashing everywhere, just racing neck to neck. Then you're like, oh yeah, it was three hours of just left turns. Yeah. And you watched two minutes of highlights. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I love soccer. I love like the build up and the strategy and kind of the midfield play, but. Um, I didn't like it until I actually understood what was, you know, why they were doing what they were doing. I would just, I guess is true of all sports, but. And now you've got an expert analytical mind about it. You're. I do. I could, I could probably coach in the premier league. Like Ted Lasso. Like Ted Lasso. I could probably coach like Ted Lasso who doesn't even know the rules of the game, which is, you know, talking about ridiculous premises. Well, we can save that one for our. Um, British television podcast. Your, I guess it's not even British TV, but I did. I did need to pause for a second and do say you have a better mustache than Ted Lasso. Oh, I know I do. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis is. Yeah, 
so jealous. He's kind of a punk. The only person in the world, well, there's two people in the world who are not jealous. Um, Sam Elliott and Tom Selleck. Okay. What about that um what about that old guy in Yosemite? Yosemite Sam? Yeah. The cartoon? Yes. Yeah, he probably had the greatest mustache of all time. His yeah. whole body was a mustache. <laughs> yes. His his, his torso <laughs> was made of facial hair. Um so yeah, what uh you were gonna go to the game yesterday, but you you didn't because it started because it was at eight thirty on a Monday night. I suppose they did that for television. Uh, well, they didn't do it for accessibility for people who have jobs that start in the morning. No, and uh, they and played. I, they played in Minnesota, who is in the same time zone as us. So it's not like they were playing somebody on the on the West Coast. And it was very important that I got my son's hair cut. And you know what? He looks fly. Oh yeah, picture day, right? Picture day, very very important. Man, was was picture day a big deal to you when you were in school? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I remember I remember wanting to look my best. Picking out what I what I wanted to wear and all that. The, the especially in like middle school, 6th grade and up kind of. Oh yeah, everything everything uh, is amplified times 100 when you're in middle school. There, there's this picture of me and I'll tell you what, I'm still proud of it. I still think it looks good. It was picture day, probably seventh grade, and I had um, I had my puka shell necklace on. Oh yeah, and and I had my favorite bowling shirt on. Oh man, and I had all the gel in the world in my hair, just all the LA looks, and I had, <laughs> and my hair looks like curly from all the gel. Oh wow, yeah, just shiny and curly. And you know what? It's still a good picture. The picture holds up. That's a good look. You should bring that back. The puka shell and the and the bowling shirt. What band were you listening to at that time? Blink-182. What band do you listen to now? Blink-182. <laughs> were you super uh, excited to hear about their comeback tour? Yes, I'm going to go. The tickets are ridiculously expensive. Are they $182? Blink or they're all gone. I, I would pay I would pay $182, but no, they are they are they're they're like $240 for the nosebleeds. They're like 700 bucks for decent seats. Wow, they're trying to make all the money for the rest of their life on this tour. Well, it's all scalpers, you know. Oh, yeah, they really need to. And then there's this festival. In. There's this festival. I'm, I'm trying. I think I might actually go to this. I've never been the kind of person to go to a thing like this before. But in October next year, October 2023, they're having a festival. Green Day, Blink Twenty Two, Sum Forty One. Uh, All American Rejects, Bowling for Soup, um, Lit, just like the list goes on. It's just all the bands from that area, era, Finch. It just the list just goes on and on and on. Wow! And uh, I know I'm skipping. No, I'm skipping people. Um, but they, but yeah, it's a one day festival, a huge festival. Um, Is it called Woodstock '99? No, that had Limp Biscuit. It was, it was a lot more aggro. Uh, but it has a, but it's called the When You Were Young Fest. Oh no, I don't like that name. <laughs> that sounds like you're gonna listen to like B- Benny Goodman and uh, you know forties. Yeah, uh, it's like I'm not that big I'm band th- music. I'm only thirty five. Like, but I suppose that uh, to kids now, music from the nineties is like music from the. 
40s or 50s. Somebody pointed out to, to me the other day that more time has elapsed between Weezer's Blue Album and today than Weezer's Blue Album, than when Weezer's Blue Album came out and Back in Black from ACDC. Yeah. And like ACDC seems like, because I guess that was just before my time, they seem so well, like they were classic already, rock. Yeah, they were already on the classic rock station when we were kids. Yeah. But they were still producing music also. But now classic rock is like grunge music and yeah, I mean, play, it's 90s rock. They play grunge on the classic rock station. They don't play Weezer. But we'll the, 90s, Weezer. the 90s was 30 years ago. Yeah, but Blink-22 wasn't even the 90s. They were the early well, they 2000s. They were early 2000s, which is the same as the 90s. Whatever. I really want to go to this festival. If you see me schedule some time off for October 2023. Go ahead and put it on the calendar. Yeah. Um, my brother and I are going to watch uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, when's that? No, not Chili Peppers. Sorry. My brother already went to see Chili Peppers here and didn't invite me and i was a little upset about that your brother who wait, your brother went to see them in dallas yeah my brother, your brother who does, who not li- does not live in does dallas. not live in dallas came to dallas went to a red hot chili peppers concert left dallas um i didn't even know he was here um so yeah that happened that happened to my heart sounds like a great guy he is a great guy Just i love my brother one day yeah but we are um we are going to see Rage Against the Machine. Oh, there you go. Speak of Woodstock 99. Yes, that's true. I think they were at Woodstock 99. Yes, they were. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited about that. I've never seen them. Hopefully, uh, Zach De La Roca brings it. Yeah, hopefully that would be awesome. How do you feel... About raging against the machine when you are part of the machine. Uh, you know, I've never, I've never tricked myself into believing that I'm any kind of rebel or um, that I am undermining the system at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm part of the system. I'm part of society, and I'm okay with that. You know, you got to be part of society to make it better. You're doing a pretty good job. Thanks. All right. Hey, you know, it's not making society better. Disney. Well, I, yeah, uh, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. I'll say that this movie is not making society better. Okay, this movie. Let's let's get into it. Let's dive into it. So the movie's called Under Wraps 2. It is Electric a Boogaloo. And uh, did, it have a, did it have a subtitle? No, it didn't. Under Wraps 2, the sequel to Under Wraps, which was a, a Disney movie from two years ago. About three kids who find a mummy on Halloween night. Yeah, and uh, I was a little, I was a little bit afraid that we were going to watch a sequel and not know what was going on. But luckily, they uh, they did a recap at the beginning of the movie, like uh, like Rocky. Yes. Um, and basically, all the recap said was last year at Halloween we woke up a mummy. Yeah, they found a mummy. It was in a basement of a house. Yeah, I know. Or that of, a, of, a muse, of a museum. It was in the basement of a house. I know that. I watched the trailer to the first one. Yeah, I didn't even do that. I was poor. It was poor preparation on my part. <laughs> I watched the trailer to the first one and the second one, and then I said, "said to Curtis, 
let's watch the second one. It'll be funny to talk about a sequel with no context. And then the movie starts off with like a seven minute long yeah. explainer well, context and explainer, context. but um, there's not much plot to explain. No, they woke up a mummy. They became friends. You know, they were scared of the mummy, but then the mummy turned out to be a nice guy. And uh, apparently they became best friends. Like, um, a lot of hugs, a lot, lot of a lot of boy on mummy hugs, a lot of mummy hugs. Apparently, that mummy doesn't smell bad from being dead. Well, all the embalming, I guess so. Yeah, and also He's apparently playing. the mummy can eat despite not having guts. All its guts are in little vases. Loves to eat. Loves to eat. Loves to eat hot sauce. He eats like a ninja turtle. Yeah, he does. Uh, the mummy also is juvenile or not? Not juvenile. Infantile. There you go. The mummy has like, but he can't talk, right? Because he, he has no tongue because they cut cut the. You know, but but he also yeah. has no logic or reason. No, um, there is no logic or reason in this movie at all. No. Uh, it is, it is a uh, just a kind of a series of events. Uh, Ooh. Ooh, uh, well, so the movie starts off with them in a haunted maze. Yeah, but we don't know that yet. Oh, yeah. We just think they're in some scary corn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's three friends. Amy, one guy, and then another guy. (laughs) (laughs) Amy, who is actually the main character of this movie. Yeah. Um, And then two other guys. Oh, his name was Gutless Gilbert. Oh, Gilbert. And then I wrote Marshall. Marshall. Was the yeah. uh, the other kid? I guess Marshall was like the main character of the first movie. Yeah, and Amy and Gilbert were his sidekicks. But in this movie, the sidekicks are best friends and pushing Marshall out. Yeah, he's being a real crybaby about it. He really is. Um, so they start. It starts off. Um, Marshall has no redeeming characteristics. He really doesn't. He. I wanted. To, I would have left him behind also if i was gilbert and amy i would have been like hey let's not tell marshall anything you want to ditch marshall yeah let's go yeah um let's leave him to his best friend the mummy yeah (laughs) that he hugs a lot that he is he has a real uh, like we can get into it later but like a unhealthy codependency on this mummy (laughs) who he only sees three days a year he's seen him once for three days. For three days in his lifetime. I don't know what's going on in Marshall's life, but he, uh, yeah, he he's got a weird relationship with his mummy. Um, so the haunted the haunted corn maze. So first of all, Gilbert, of course, is a content creator because you can't have any kind of movie or kids thing now without making them want to be a YouTube star. I will say at least this was practical. In scope, that he was just a content creator for the school paper, and that was like the extent of his. Yeah, I guess it was reach. like uh, the next phase of like a Saved by the Bell, yeah, type thing. It was believable in scope. Yeah, but I just like I hate that trope of oh, I gotta create content, and it's just annoying. I don't, it's annoying that it's teaching our kids that that's what. That's like the well, thing that just, they should be. I mean, it's been a trope that somebody works for the newspaper since the dawn of movies. 
I mean, even even Clark Kent works for the newspaper. Yeah, Superman. But don't you want your kids to be a newspaper man? Yeah, Superman's a newspaper man. <laughs> I like, guess you're right. I guess you're right. It's, it's just, just annoying just, to me because I'm old. I just, listen to classic rock like Nirvana. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just that it's just that he's a content creator because that's the new form of journalism. Yeah, you're and, right. Yeah, you're right. You you're bringing me back down because I I. When I first saw that this was happening, I was kind of peeved as well because there it, it is a, definitely a trope. And, and I was thinking about it. I was watching this movie. I was like, yeah, there's a lot of kids that are content creators. But like when I was a kid, there was still kids that worked for the school newspaper. And yeah, but they were called nerds. Yeah. Well, these kids were nerds. These kids are definitely nerds. Though Gilbert has a very high maintenance haircut. Okay, I gotta say he's got like a ten inch tall high top flat top. Yeah, he's top. got a flat top. Did he have like? Did he have a design cut into the side? I, uh, I did not notice that. I can't remember, or if it was just clean on the well, side. Just, just like, just thinking like that kid's got to go through a whole routine every day. Yeah, and it's not conducive to being chased by mummies and things like that. But. Yeah, so they are. They are. They're being chased by a scarecrow man and other scary monsters. Yeah, and you don't know that it's a, a haunted maze at this point. You just think that they're seeing uh, these yes, monsters. Yes, I did know. Well, if you're a kid, you're not supposed to know. Okay. Uh, so for, well, let's talk about what, is, what do you feel like the age range uh, for this movie should be? What, what is the target age range? Probably like middle school kids. Like like 10 to 10 to 13? 10 to 13, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not like a 40-year-old man. Usually when there's movies about kids in high school... It's not for a forty-year-old man, and, it's true. And, and also, usually when there's a movie <laughs> about kids in high school, it's not uh, for kids in high school either. It's usually for younger kids, right. Who are aspirational. It's, it's aspirational marketing. You know, you're looking up to that next thing. Like, what am I going to be like in the future? Am I going to be like these doofuses chasing a mummy? And uh, so, middle's Middle school kids want to be like high school kids. High school kids want to be like they're in college. College kids are watching American Psychopath and being like, oh, man, I want those sweet business cards. And men with business cards are like, I don't know. Oh, they're watching, um, yeah, I don't know. Sports. Sports. In the news. They've given up on the American dream or narrative structures. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely for my four-year-old, she would have thought that some of this stuff was very scary. Yeah, I tried to get my kids to watch it with me. My son was like, no, it's a scary movie. I'm not not even going to I mean, those try. three, the monsters in the corn maze were the scariest part of the movie. That really was. The, yeah, that was the scariest part of the movie. Um, we'll talk about the bad guy, but the bad guy was a um, terrible decision maker. We'll, we'll get into it later. I'll, I'll tell you what I mean when we get there. But he uh, he was a real lackluster bad guy. Um Oh, yeah. The the um, my, I just want to say my daughter. I tried to get her to watch it with me, and she noped out over the the scariness too. Oh, really? And, and also, I think she noped out mostly just because she wanted to go watch YouTube videos. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm ever going to get my kids to watch any of these movies with me. Well, we you should be like, watch- look, look, there's a content creator. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right. So all right. So then, the scary maze. They. They're being converged upon by all the by the scarecrow monster, a werewolf, and some zombies. 
Um, you think that they're in peril or you're supposed to think they're in peril. And then all of a sudden, all these floodlights just come on and they're like, corn maze is closed. It was a very abrupt uh, closing of the haunted maze. Yeah. To say the least. Um, they didn't let people get out of it or, and then immediately all the monsters take their masks off and decide what they're going to do for dinner. Yep. Um, and one, the kids are okay. Guy, the kids are okay with that. They're like one, yeah, one guy actually has to go to a shift. He has to go to a shift at the Burger Shack because he has two jobs. A little commentary on the struggle of the middle class. Yeah, I'm sure that that's what they were going for. Um, yeah. He's got to work his shift at the Haunted Maze and then uh, go work at the Burger Shack. Apparently all night because it's got to be ten o'clock or so. Okay, and then we get some exposition. You get a ton. I wrote that in my notes. Ton of exposition on the on their walk back from uh, the corn maze. And you find out. Um. So they set up that Amy's dad is getting married. Um. That they have to go see Harold, who is the mummy, because it's in the same town as where her dad is getting married. Yes. Um, and then they establish that um, Amy and Gilbert are now best friends, and uh, Marshall is is a uh, is real sad about it. Now, right from this, like this little bit of exposition more so than a normal movie you can see how the movie's going to end you can see okay the movie's going to end at a wedding big scene at a wedding with with the guy the mummy's going to come awake and it's going to be a rush to get it back to sleep in time and uh there's going to be a big kerfuffle something at at the wedding and that at the end they will all three be friends again yes um, and you can tell, you can basically like just write an outline based on like here, yeah. here were their initial. I could have imagined. I could have imagined the movie from the rest at this point. There was only one twist surprise, and that's that. Or I guess they put it out here. Amy's dads are homosexuals. Well, they're not her dads. One of them is. One of them is her dad, and yeah. he is getting married to a man. Which yes. Which is totally fine. I just want a little backstory on that situation, on her family situation. Mm, like where, like, well, she's got to have a mom, right? No, everybody has a mom. Could have had a surrogate <laughs> mother, but that's still a mom. Yeah. Um. Where I, I, I should say, where did she come from? Where? Yes. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. People change their minds. I've known people who've changed their minds I, late in yeah, life. I get, I get that. I just want, I want, to, I want the story of yeah. how that happened, though. I just, uh, I like that. There's absolutely no story to that, and that the movie takes every opportunity it can possibly have to just like be like, look, we have two gay guys. Oh man, it is, is a gay uh, wedding. They there, there's even a speech where the dad's like, it's okay if you don't have the rings. Not too long ago, we couldn't get married at all. Now we can get married wherever we want to. They they milk it. They they like, really. Milk I'm it. fine with it. As I would be, uh, 
I think they do it a disservice almost by they, they, calling so much attention to it. Yes, that's it, it cheapens it. Yeah. There's uh it's like it's not representation and that's they're, a, they're not normalizing they're it. They're not normalizing it at yeah, all. They're, um, not they're definitely calling attention to it's it. It's representation for the sake of representation. Yes. I like the now I thought this was just a little interesting tidbit. There's a part where they're all in Halloween costumes and one dad is a um is a oh, Dalmatian, and the yeah. other and the other dad, uh, and the dad's fiance is a firefighter. And I was yes. just like, hmm, that lets us know a little bit about the power dynamic of their relationship. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know if that was intentional or <laughs> or what, but one of us is in charge. Well, yeah. Um, do you watch uh, the British Baking Show? No, I don't. Those are two things I don't like. So um, there's a big difference between that show and I guess all British shows, but uh, and American shows is like they all have people who with disabilities and um, like they had one and and they'll have homosexual people on there. And uh, I mean, it's all walks of life and all different situations. Uh, But they had like um, one season, a lady who had like, half of her hand was missing um, and she ended up winning, but they never brought up uh, or did like a, a piece about like her disability, which, and my wife and I were talking like, if that was on American TV, they would have done an entire episode about her disability and how she overcame it and what all, you know, everybody around her that's supporting her. And, um, but that I, I really like that about that show because like they just, they don't make a big deal out of that. It's just like she's just one of the other bakers. So I think if they had treated the uh, the homosexual wedding in this one like that, I think it would have been a little bit better. And you know who's qualified to comment on these things? Two straight white men. Two straight white men. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, anyway, I just thought it, it, they were really... They're really they milked it. They, they milked, milked it. it. They milked it. Um, and especially, I think, for Disney, who not that long ago was getting backlash for not being inclusive. Oh, they're overcompensating. And now. they're like, now look, we have an interracial homosexual dads. One's a firefighter. One's a Dalmatian. Anyway, take what you will from that. Yeah. Um, so after the lengthy exposition walk, um, what do we cut to the a museum? Yes, a museum. But it is not the museum where the uh, mummy that you, from the first one lives. No, this is a new third mummy. This is a third mummy. The bad up. guy. His name is Zobek. Zo- yeah, Zobek. Zobek. Hard Z on that. Zobek. I can't remember how he woke up. The oh you don't remember how I woke up? No. All right, so an intern, an intern, um, who was played by a guy that was a second-rate version of an actor from like there's almost the exact same character in uh, Bewitched Two, which you haven't seen yet, but you'll watch next week. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, this guy, they were just like, Hey, can we get the guy from Bewitched 2? And also, like, 
half of all movies. He's on, he's in a ton of other movies. I should have looked up his name, but he's in a ton of other movies on like Netflix level stuff. And uh, he's hilarious and he's a great actor. And they got just like a copy of him and they even dress the same. And anyway, he's an intern. I don't know why this man who looks to be about 35. Oh, you're 40, talking about Sam Richardson. Is that right. who I'm talking about? Yeah, he was in Veep. Uh, I thought the same thing. Like, yeah. They're trying to get this this the, guy. Their his their direction was act like Sam Richardson. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, he's hilarious. Sam Richardson's great. Yeah, um, he's so funny. But this guy was eating a meatball sub, and one of the meatballs dropped and rolled a very long way. How a meatball drops, and this meatball must have been perfectly spherical. It rolled like a good eight feet down a display <laughs> and underneath the mummy. And then he pushed the mummy, which doesn't seem realistic that he could just accidentally push a whole mummy display in a museum to like, it wasn't affixed to anything. And just pushing him about six inches over got him in the moonlight, and the moonlight hit his amulet, and that woke him up. And then he got his meatball back and ate it. Oh, that's a that was a question that I had about the moonlight thing. Is that these mummies in these museums are positioned under skylights, right? Yes, but not directly in the moonlight at the time that you are watching the action. But the moon doesn't isn't like a f- at a fixed position all night long, right? It kind of moves around from it, and at some point, the moon is going to hit these amulets. Yes, not just when these kids want it to happen. Uh, you know, I assume that they're moving. Uh, moving the mummies and and doing things at night with them um but um yeah you would think that accidentally at some point a moonbeam would have hit these amulets Yes, they're definitely running the risk because there are giant skylights. The moon is flying by the giant skylights. There's just something about that magical eight inches of scooching that needed to happen to retrieve a meatball that that woke up. Well, yeah, I'm Zoltan. not gonna I'm not gonna say that there is a lot like a lot of lazy writing in this show, but I mean. There's the there's the appropriate amount of there's, there's a lot of circumstances. A, a lot that, of convenient things that happen uh, to move the plot along. Like one mummies being just kept out in the open, like not underneath. Right. Yeah. Glass for everybody case. to touch, and like you know, and mummies are <laughs> basically if you touch them, I assume they'll turn to dust. Yeah, I don't think any museum has just a mummy out in the open. No. I don't think any museums really just like have ancient Egyptian sarcophaguses, which look to be made out of plywood. Um, <laughs> like really cheap plywood. Just sitting within arm's reach. Nothing separating them from the public, but a little, uh, what's even a velvet rope? It was just those line, like the line rope, yeah. A lot like the kind in uh, banks where you can 
take them out of one side and then go yeah roll back up that's what they had yeah and we're never in a museum when it's open in this movie it's always the museum is always closed it's very easy to get in and out of closed museums at night by the way oh man apparently yeah um, they they don't hire the best security guards they, which we'll they, talk about they uh, do leave their garage doors half open they do yes okay so zobek wakes up zoltan not zoltan that is from big the uh tom hanks movie okay zoltar zoltar zoltan is from dude where's my car yes it is Sobek because I have I have to watch movies at night with the uh, the subtitles on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I know how to spell all these. Um, so Sobek wakes up and um, slaps a, a wristband, slaps uh, a wristband, uh, a bracelet on this on this guy on Sam Richardson, um, and hypnotizes him. We'll call him. Well, he's gonna have a. This is not Sam Richardson. Okay, we'll call him uh, Richard Richard Samuelson. Richard Samuelson. (laughs) So he slaps a snake bracelet on him, and that makes him his servant. Yeah. Um, And then I I wrote down here um, that Sobek was Harold's best friend. I don't remember exactly. Oh, no, I remember how we... uh, I remember how we find this out. All right. So after that scene, the kids load up and are headed to the wedding, right? Yes. With the help of kooky lady in her 20s. Named Buzzy. Buzzy. Lady in her 20s who drives a hearse. Uh, I don't know what she does for a living. Something Um, with a hearse. Maybe you found out in the first one, but I, I don't know. Um, all you buzzy heads out there, you'll have to let now, us my, know. My guess is at the very, very beginning of this movie, uh, Marshall says something about somebody got a new bucket full of eyeballs down at the shop. Oh, you think so Buzzy owns Buzz, the shop? Buzzy owns that shop or works at that shop. Gotcha. I'm guessing there's a, like a Halloween shop in town. Okay. She does have like a sign on the back of her hearse. Yeah. So I'm thinking there's... Now in... Uh, in um, Bewitched 2, is that what it's called? Hocus no, Pocus. Hocus Pocus. In Hocus Pocus 2, there is a magic shop. So maybe there was like some exposition delivering old man who told them all about mummy amulets in the first one who owned a magic shop. That's just a guess. Probably. And he has buckets of eyeballs and an employee who drives a hearse. Speaking of delivering exposition... The kids are all in the car. Amy is, um, she's gotten some kind of news alert that a mummy is missing from this other museum. Oh, yes. She says, set up a mummy-related alert. Yeah, to keep track of uh, just anything about mummies, because they're big mummy fans now. Um, yeah. and, and she f- finds out that Sobek is missing. So in the car on the way to this other town where her dads are getting married, she goes to some website that tells her every detail of all three of these mummies. So there's Sobek, there's Harold, and there's Rose, Rose's Harold's girlfriend. She's reading this, uh, this article, and the article tells 
It wasn't an article. It was a translation of Zobeck's diary. Okay. So, <laughs> so translation of Zobeck's diary. Um, but from this, from this website, she finds out that uh, those three were friends, that Sobek and Harold were best friends, and that Harold, uh, Sobek was in love with Rose, but Rose and Harold ended up getting together, and now Sobek hates Harold. Yes. Um, and I, I, I just felt that that was a very convenient thing for her to find online. It's magic of the internet. <laughs> magic of the internet. Oh, you know? very helpful article. Yep, very helpful article from I don't know what four thousand years ago. I'm glad that they have that diary. I'm glad he kept a diary back in those days when you could only write on clay tablets. Yeah, he had. A, he must have been the richest man in ancient Egypt. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Was he? Were they some kind of royalty? I, I don't know. I think you had to have been royalty to get to, mummified. To be mummified. That's yes. my assumption. Yes. Or if you're watching the Brendan Fraser mummy, uh, you had to make the pharaoh really angry oh. and try to steal his girl. A lot, of, a lot of forlorn loves in mummy lore. Well, I'm assuming that whoever wrote this uh, watched the mummy. And then immediately wrote the script for this after watching The Mummy and Hocus Pocus 2. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The movie that came out at the exact same time. There are parallels for sure. Um, But yeah, so at the same time, The Mummy and his assistant are um, going to go break into a house and they to steal a magic staff and then they do the end of that scene <laughs> yeah they steal it and that's it it's still real good the end and the um, staff can shoot lasers which this is my biggest qualm with the movie the bad guy does not make use of these lasers the bad guy has this all super powerful staff that can shoot lasers and wake up mummies mm-hmm. and he just doesn't use it he's and, always dropping it like spoiler alert for the big final fight he could have won if he just shot lasers at people, but he's but he doesn't. I don't know. What Maybe the there's s- a limited number of lasers that come out of that staff, or he has to use his mummy powers. I don't know. That's not explained in in the in his it's diary. Like a, it's like a D and D item that only has three <laughs> charges a day. Yeah, it's like an item from a video game. You have to sleep for it to work again. Yeah, I have a note in there in here that um, someone said a line that. Uh, they asked if Killbot and Ravensworth are still in jail, and <laughs> <laughs> I assume that those are, were the bad guys from the first movie. Um, but I, I was, uh, I thought it was funny that those are such ridiculous names. Killbot and Ravensworth, I love it. Yeah, um, I believe from the trailer they had British accents. Of course, they're bad guys, right? Yeah, and British people love stealing like ancient and, Egypt yeah, stuff, antiquities. Um, so, um, but the, uh, the Sam Richardson stand in guy, he is pretty funny. I will say. Yeah, he did. He's he, my favorite part of the movie. He is one of three people that can act in this movie. Yeah. He is very dry. Yes. And, uh, I mean, he acts exactly like Sam he Richardson, did a great Sam Richardson impression. Yeah, he did. Um, but he, he had some funny, he had some funny stuff. 
It's it's pretty much just him and Amy who are capable of acting. Yeah, Amy's not bad. Um, all right, so they get to the town uh, where Amy's dad is getting married. And it's one of those quirky northeastern towns. Just all into Halloween. Like, su- everything is Halloweened out it's, to the nines. And super walkable. You know, the super walkable town. And everybody is out. I mean, there yeah. are hundreds of people out walking the streets and just not it's, going to jobs. Yeah. Um, and they it's, are staying at this hotel. A haunted mansion called, hotel. Called the Karloff I, Hotel. I gotta say, this place looks just like the town uh, Salem, Massachusetts, featured heavily in Hocus Pocus 2. Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they used some of the same sets. Uh, oh, I wouldn't be have. surprised. Um, but this hotel is ridiculous, to say the least. It is... Um, their hotel room has, like... Five rooms, has a full kitchen, has a pinball machine in it. I mean, this hotel room had to have cost like thousands of dollars a night. But I, I assume that Amy's dad is paying for it. Yes. Um, he's well-dressed. He looks like he makes some money. How else did he get that um, sweet Dalmatian suit? That was uh, The Dalmatian suit was, it was just ears, right? And he had his nose painted. He was wearing a suit, like a suit and tie that were Dalmatian. No, oh, yeah, he had to get that custom made. He had to get that custom made. And also, um, like, the hotel was bigger on the inside than it was on the outside. Way bigger. Like, There's no <laughs> way that that room fit. I mean, that had to have been the entire top floor of that hotel. Yeah, and then also there was, like, a ballroom in the hotel. Like, and, Maybe it and went underground. The outside. From the outside, it just looks like an Airbnb. <laughs> Maybe there was an underground annex. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we find out we find out that Amy is in charge of putting on, uh, I guess, the reception or like the the party, the cocktail hour, the before cocktail the before the wedding, before the wedding. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh. It, also, it, they drive home this point about a chocolate fountain. So many times did they say. Amy's like, okay, the, the the chocolate delivery for the chocolate fountains here. Oh, I got to make sure the chocolate fountains. Yeah. This chocolate fountain's brought up at least, I don't know, six times throughout the entirety of the movie. And then when you see it at the actual event, you're just like, yeah, pretty standard chocolate fountain. That is a chocolate fountain that you rented from a party company. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I noticed like they show like one shot of someone walking into the party and, and Amy's there to greet him, and she's like, "Yeah, oh yeah, the chocolate fountain's right over there." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, but she's also oh. put in charge of the rings of going and picking up the rings uh, from the jeweler. Oh yeah. Um. And you can. You and just the know. jeweler has so much exposition as well. Uh, they're uh, so they're picking up the rings and they're talking about um, the amulet that Zobek has around his neck because they have like a perfect picture of it. Um. And the jeweler's like, oh, yeah, let me, I, I am somewhat of an expert on jewelry. Let me see that. And he's, they show it to him and he says it's red jade and that nothing good can happen from red jade. Um, and then he, he actually gives them a, a good bit of ancient Egyptian history as well. Yes. Um, so shout out to that jeweler for no, really knowing his stuff and uh, knowing about uh, ancient Egypt. Well, if you're going to run a jewelry store in a quirky New England town that celebrates Halloween, you, you got to know you got to know that you're going to have some kids coming in there, some precarious youths. Yeah, you're, you're you know? right about that. 
you're right about that. Yeah, study up on. He probably knows a lot about the the onyx diamonds from the 12th century too that were used to raise Beelzebub. Exactly. Yep. Um. So, um. Let's see. And then somehow they, the jeweler tells him that, and then somehow the kids jump to a conclusion that Sobek has been resurrected and is coming after Harold. I don't, it happened so quick. I didn't really realize how they got there. Um, but anyway, they figure that out somehow. Yeah. They, I think they just, well, I think, uh yeah, I don't have an explanation for that one. <laughs> there is no explanation for they that. They were one. just like, let's go check on Harold. They just wanted um, to go check on him. But then yeah, but but from from whatever the jeweler told them, they came to the conclusion that Sobek was coming after Harold and Rose, that he had been resurrected, um, and that they had to not only go visit Harold, but they had to go wake them up and take them out of the museum. Right. Uh, which I don't know if they were gonna do that anyway. Um we're breaking and entering. On Halloween, I don't know. Um, but then they uh, they go to the museum where there is one security guard. Who who promptly lets them in. Yeah, uh, I mean, they come up with this real dumb plan of uh, all the kids get into this giant cart. that they, I don't know where they got the giant cart. Uh, they cover them up or, and, they, and yeah. the, the buzzy... Buzzy in a real New York accent says, "Hey, I got a delivery here." Hey. And then she mentions the the curator of the museum's name, which is probably available on available people. on the homepage of the website. And the uh, the security guard gets all like, "Oh, I'm going to lose my job if I don't let these kids in." Um, so that's how they get in, and the security guard doesn't escort them; just lets them go. Then the security guard uh, wanders around the museum befuddled with a flashlight finding, even though it wasn't even really all that dark, um, while the kids sneak out two mummies. Yep. And they replace them with uh, terrible looking. uh, Absolutely terrible. Dolls. Yes. Basically that they homemade. Um, Security guard doesn't, I guess he doesn't look directly at the mummies, which I get. I get that. But uh, anyway, that guy should lose his job. And he probably did. No, he doesn't. Because oh, he doesn't because they come back. <laughs> they come back and do the same thing again. I guess nobody ever was the wiser uh, that the mummies were gone. Because those those dolls fooled everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're still in Act 1. <laughs> yeah, the mummies are not even resurrected. So they, the mummies are resurrected at this point. Yeah. All right. Begin Act 2. Begin Act 2. Um so uh, they take the mummies to their hotel room and leave them there. They they bring them out to protect them, right? And then they just leave the mummies in their hotel room, uh, assuming that they won't like leave or anything like that. But of course they leave, and they go to the uh, the Halloween festival, street festival, um, and they find a. Uh, I did think that like their little mummy date scene montage was pretty funny. Uh, That's pretty cute. Yeah, it was it was cute. The mummies and Sam Richardson character were the best part of the movie. Yes, uh, the mummies had some pretty funny uh, physical comedy, 
But anyway, they find a Dance Dance Revolution. Uh, the most elaborate, fancy, largest, impractical, um, illogical Dance Dance yeah. Revolution that it was like, raised up like a platform stage. And it's like 20 feet by 40 feet. 20 feet by 40 feet, disco dance floor. And there's the instructions on the screen make no sense. At a carnival. I mean, this is like the, a low-budget carnival. But um, so they get up there. They can barely walk. Um, they're stiff like mummies are. And then uh, they start playing the game and turn into uh, professional dancers, of course. And they're doing flips and kicks and all kinds of breakdance moves. And Oh, talk about flips. Like full actual trained gymnast level flips. Yeah, it was like Ong Bak, uh, martial arts, crazy stuff. Um, it, was a, it was a lot like... Uh, Rose did that thing where you like... That one dance trick move where it's like you swing your leg so hard it makes you flip around? Yes. That always looks cool. Um, it was, it was kind of like uh, Yoda at the end of uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, it was... It was and the scene lasted seven minutes. I they, was pretty impressed around minute three. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and also, I gotta say this. Do you think they hired... Because the mummies have no other lines. They don't really have any acting. Do you think they just hired dancers and were like... I don't know. Do uh, I mean, the, the mummies do several like amazing things that are probably specialized. I think there's probably stunt actors that play the mummies. Uh, for the dancing scenes, for, for like the just the mummy scenes, and then there's they probably got different people to do the dance scenes because that's you, a very specific you, style of dancing. You could tell on the some shots of the dance scenes when they were doing the tricks that they didn't have their like face makeup and prosthetics done up as much. Yeah, they like, probably just needed freer movement. Um, and then there's another scene where they're like doing all kinds of juggling tricks that that you can definitely tell that it's not them. Yeah, uh, they have a totally different body types. I was wondering though, like, wouldn't it just be great if you're like, we need an expert break dancer and flair bartender to play a mummy? It's Get a me, movie. you know who we call Tom Cruise. Yeah. You're gonna play both mummies, and uh, you're gonna, you're gonna do cocktail, but with popcorn. You know, I wonder what it would be like for the actress who played Rose to like be like, Mom, Mom, guess what? I got a Disney movie. Like, oh, great, you got a Disney movie. Well, it's Disney TV movie, made for TV movie. Oh, okay, awesome, sweet, that's great. Who do you play? Well, I play a mummy. Oh, is the movie about mummies? Yeah, great. So you're like the star. No, I'm like I'm I'm the star's girlfriend. The third tier mummy. I'm the third tier mummy. I actually don't have any lines. There's one scene where I try to steal some lady's earrings to make wedding rings. Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> like that's really about all I do is a little bit of charades, and I break dance. Oh, you're gonna learn how to break dance? No, they're gonna bring in a double for that. I got a guy for that. So you're just shambling around some sound stages. Oh, okay. Hmm. Oh, I don't know. Whoever plays Rose, I hope you make it. I hope you get your yeah. Break. Shout out to shout out to Rose. Yeah, the mummies were they were funny. They were funny. Um, so the kids are looking for them. Uh, it, they weren't. The kids were looking everywhere for them. And then Marshall says, ah, oh, you know what? Harold loves to dance. And then they all immediately just go to this 
random arcade where there's this dance video game. Yeah. Like there's no other place in town to dance, I guess. Um, and the, of course they're there. And Sobek also finds them because he tracks them down. And there's a an amazing fight sequence. That was th- well, no, the fight sequence <laughs> wasn't amazing. Amy grabbed a bucket of coins, or was it Marshall? I mean, one of the one of these dumb little kids grabs a bucket of coins, throws it up. In the air and says free games for everybody, and that's enough of a distraction to prevent. That Sobek drops his laser cannon uh, yeah. scepter, and they escape. This is terrible. And also, when they're walking around this little parade, there are or not parade uh, promenade. When they're walking around this little promenade, uh, there's all these like just fifty-five gallon bucket barrels with like hobo fires in them. Keeping them warm, yeah, I guess. Of course. And I was like, that's not safe. No way that any festival would do that. They'd use those big propane overhead heaters. Like, yes, they would. And and also, like, that's incredibly dangerous for mummy. I was really disappointed that I didn't come and play. Mummies are incredibly flammable. I know this from my career as a D&D player. You can't get mummies near fire. <laughs> they go up in smoke. Yeah. I mean... So dance we we did dance mania. Um, Can we just skip to the reception? Yes. So some, other, some other crap happens, and then there's the the cocktail hour, and this is um, Amy's big moment. She's been planning this this whole movie. She's very excited uh, to give this. This is her gift to her dad's. There's a chocolate fountain. What? Can you believe it? We've only been told fifty thousand times so far in the movie. There's a chocolate fountain. She lost the rings. She has to tell her dads that there's no rings. And they're just like super cool with it. They're like, you know what? We got each other. We don't yeah. need those incredibly expensive just rings. Just a few we years ago, we couldn't made. get married anyway. Yeah, they give her a whole lecture about like gay rights. Um, and then the chocolate fountain. <laughs> the, the most... Like foreseeable <laughs> twist, the chocolate fountain spills. I could not have predicted this all over Amy. Yes, I forget what happened. Zolt. Well, yeah, he comes to the reception, right? The uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so Zobek. Zobek Zobek comes to the reception and knocks over the something happens. Some in which this gigantic chocolate fountain. It all falls on Amy. Covers this poor girl, <laughs> and then her dad runs. <laughs> her dad runs out to her to see if she's okay, and he slips and falls in the chocolate. It, he fell hard. hard. Big old Pratt fall. Big old Pratt fall. He fell hard, and then his. Oh, um, well, he got up. He got up and fell again, like it, two more it, times. Well, his fiance comes out and slips on the chocolate too. Yes, and then some random woman. Dressed as a whoopee cushion. Dressed as a whoopee cushion. Also slips and falls on the chocolate. And when she hits the ground, it makes a whoopee cushion sound. Uh, it makes a fart. We got perfect rule of threes. Yes. Three falls happen. The third one's the funniest because it makes a fart noise. Yep. Um, just, oh man. But this it's is just like. Most, this is a, a masterpiece in, in, in like of cinema right here. This this is the best two minutes in the movie. 120 seconds of pure joy as far as I'm concerned. When that girl got covered in chocolate to 
dudes in a whoopee cushion fell. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, and they they all took was, turns. It was like, I'll come help you fall. Oh, yeah. I'll come help you, guy who just fell. Fall. Are you guys okay? Fall. Fart. Yeah, it was. Um, I was just like the all the things that led up to this moment being in a Disney made for TV movie. It's just. <laughs> Uh, they just ha- they have like like honestly, if this was on like an NBC sitcom, it wouldn't be so funny. I would just be like, yeah, NBC has been, you know, doing cr- crazy things for years. I mean, this could have been the ending of a Seinfeld episode, and I would have just shrugged and be like, yeah, it was a good Seinfeld episode. But I don't know. It was uh, yeah, the party the party was kind of the it was kind of the climax of the whole movie. No, the wedding was. No, the wedding was kind of like the aftermath because the wedding didn't oh, happen yeah, until yeah. after. You're like, right, you're right, you're right. I guess the warehouse scene, which is next, uh, is kind of the yeah. The warehouse scene was the climax. Well, but in between the party and the warehouse scene, there is a long period where Amy and Marshall both throw big crybaby tantrums. Um, yeah, Amy's sad. You know, she's justified, I think, because she got covered in chocolate and ru- the party was ruined and she feels like she ruined the wedding by losing the rings. Um, so she's sad, um, but she takes it a little overboard. And then Marshall, um, who can't be out babied, uh, throws a yeah. huge tantrum because his friends are not being his friends anymore. But I, I love Gilbert. He's like, uh, I mean, we're hanging out all weekend. Like you're yeah. here with us. What, like, what do you want from us? <laughs> yeah, Gilbert, the actor who played Gilbert, I was not a fan, but the character of Gilbert, I feel like was he was the most grounded. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they did that whole bit, um, but then at the end of whatever that scene was, they all become they all reconcile and become yeah. friends again. And they're like, let's never be like Zoltan, Rose, and the other mummy. What's the other mummy's name? Harold. Harold. How come two of the zombies got normal? Because the kids named them. Oh, okay. But I guess their real names were not in Zobek's diary. I don't know. Yeah. Did, did, did he like, uh, yeah. Was How did they know that it was them that he was talking about in his diary? You know what? There's he wasn't, a lot of he wasn't, of logic he, he wasn't writing about Harold and Rose, I guarantee So that. I just want to say spoiler alert for everybody right now. If you don't want to finish listening to this podcast, there, I just want to let you know there's going to be no more chocolate pratfalls. We got all we got all the chocolate falls out of the way. No more chocolate fountains are spilling on anybody. So as far as I was concerned, the movie was over. Yeah, but the movie's not over because not over. the movie goes on uh, for a long time. Yes, um, they had to get a full hour and a half. But uh, so the next scene is in a uh, they Zobek uh, Sam Richardson takes Zobek to a warehouse because that's where he's going to go to Museum sleep. Museum warehouse. Museum warehouse where they leave the garage door half open. Um, and then. The way that the kids find them again is insane. Uh, I wrote it down. Uh, Amy said, I did a newspaper article one time about a warehouse that holds a lot of Egyptian artifacts. She did. She said three years ago, right? Three years ago. Something like, they must be there. Yeah. So they go there. <laughs> hey, they're there. Well, they all kind of pieced it together. <laughs> they all kind of pieced it together uh, because, like, first uh, Marshall is like, Oh, they probably want to go someplace where they'll never be disturbed, and they're they have sarcophaguses. And then 
Gilbert's like, oh, what about a warehouse? And Amy's like, oh, I don't know this thing because I wrote a paper three years ago ago. when she was, what, in eighth grade? (laughs) (laughs) Doing the investigative journalism. Yeah. For her eighth grade paper. So they just good guesswork. And then the adult in the room is like, great, get in my hearse. (laughs) Yeah, let's go. Let's go fight the mummy. Uh, So they go. Uh, they fight the mummy. There's nothing real. I mean, they fight the mummy. The mummy has henchmen at this point. The uh, mu- well, the mummy has his magic staff, and he just doesn't use it. It's like he wakens two henchmen and just lets the henchmen who, who are the most buff, uh, gigantic, gigantic zombies. mummies I've ever seen in my yes. life. These were actually Nordic zombies, um, and uh, he wakes them up and makes them fight. And I'm just like, dude, use your laser staff. Just laser these kids. Just laser them all. He's just standing on the sidelines letting these zombies fight for him. I'm like, get in there with your laser staff. You could be turning the tides of this battle. Doesn't do it. Doesn't, doesn't do it. Doesn't think about it. This whole this whole finale, everything is really going the bad guy's way. There's no excuse for the bad guy to win, except for the it was just not written that way. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, and then Gilbert climbs... Real high up into some shelves, some some like forty foot tall shelves. Yeah, jumps onto a giant model of the, the moon. moon. I think yeah, and it didn't look like the moon. Maybe it was Pluto. And uh, it's probably Pluto because it's not a planet anymore. So they put it in the warehouse. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. You know that's exactly what it was. Good call, Curtis. Uh, and he. Crashes it down on top of the two bad guy mummies. And that's just the big triumph that wins the day. And it just feels completely undeserved. Like, Gilbert's not our main character. He was just trying to run away. He was, um, yeah. And accidentally fell on these guys. But we we do learn something important about mummies. They can't climb ladders. No, they can't. So, yeah, if if you're ever being chased by a mummy, just get, get in a high place. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, they defeat Zobek. So, Zobek. Yep. Somehow. Um, how did they do it? Um, oh. They got uh, his amulet. Yeah, they got his amulet. There was a moment there where it looked like he, they were going to reconcile and the three mummies were going to be friends again and Zobek would be redeemed, but nope. No, they kill him. They kill him. They get his amulet and he falls down. We did some pretty cool camera work where, like, the camera, it's like a steady cam on his face as he falls backwards. That's pretty cool. For, yeah, for this movie. It's, uh, at this point in this movie, yeah, it's this movie good has, to see something like that. This movie has some of the worst camera work, for even for a Disney family original. They're, the scene where they're talking to the jeweler, every time somebody talks, they cut. There's no wide or medium shot. And you can tell people aren't facing the right way because the camera keeps having to go back on other sides of the jeweler's counter and like displacing the other people. And so you can tell it was it was just the most dis uh just the most uh oh confusing it's confusing it was just weird right like no like yeah it was a little disorienting disorienting yeah the 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 whoever directed this did not like medium shots. No, and some of that might be necessity, like the actors weren't on set the same day or whatever. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine that this took very long to film. Um, 
you know, I, I have no idea. Great but scenery, though. I will say this. Props to the scenery and art department. Props to the props. Props to the props. They did excellent work on everything except the sarcophaguses made of plywood. Well, those were an afterthought. Um, yeah. Those were not well done. But the mummy, uh, like the mummy prosthetic, the mummy costumes, everything was, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, all right, so it's time to uh, put Harold and Rose back to, to, no, no, it's time for the wedding. Yes, wedding. Harold and Rose are at the wedding. Oh, previously Harold and Rose were bartenders <laughs> running the cotton candy and popcorn. Yeah, they did. The, a, there was a whole cotton, uh, there was a whole cocktail uh scene where they did you know tricks with their cotton candy cotton candy and their the scoop for the popcorn yeah um but so i was just like and then and then the two dads are like um why are the waiters at our wedding (laughs) right why are they still in costume are they still dressed like mummies yeah uh yeah there were there were no questions about the mummies it was halloween yeah um but uh, it was a very, I don't know if I was just tired by this point, because I, I did watch this very late last night. But um, the, wedding scene, the wedding scene seemed really long. <laughs> oh, they, they, showed really the, they, showed, they showed the entire wedding. They did. It was just going to a wedding. They showed the entire wedding ceremony. I mean, they went all the way through, like from, they showed the entire you know, speech from the, the, the uh, minister. Um, and then, like you said before, uh, Rose got some earrings and they exchanged rings from she and Harold Zulu or whatever. Her Buzzy. Name was. Buzzy. Um, cause I don't, cause they wanted to get married, She's I like, guess. Yo, Buzzy, give me your earrings. Give me your earrings. Um, and yeah, so they got married, they got married during the wedding ceremony. Um, so stealth, stealth secret wedding, just piggyback wedding. Yeah. The piggyback wedding cheap done on the cheap. Um, and then it was time to say goodbye to the, the mummies. They had to go back in their sarcophaguses and, uh, the goodbye scene was lengthy. So, oh man, that hug. It was like, that Marshall is a hugger. It was like return of the king. Yeah. <laughs> it was like return of the king. Um, yeah, after Sobek got uh got defeated, I was like, oh, okay, the movie's almost uh, over. And then uh, there was like, I mean, there was a good like twenty more minutes or twenty five more minutes. They were like, yeah. we gotta we gotta round this out. We gotta fill up ninety minutes. Let's do a full on wedding scene and a full on goodbye scene. Um, so they put the mummies back to Betty. Bye. There was also a dance scene. They also showed the dance at the wedding. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. We saw the wedding ceremony and the reception. Usually, if a movie's going to show you the cocktail hour, the wedding, and the reception, it's usually a romantic comedy. The, yeah, a, a romantic comedy about a wedding. That's like my best friend's wedding t- t- territory, right. where where wedding is or actually part of the title. Yeah. Exactly. And when was the last time you saw Bridesmaids? I literally don't remember anything about what Bridesmaids about, except for Maya Rudolph pooping in the middle of the street. Bridesmaids was Bridesmaids was funny. I don't remember anything except for Maya Rudolph. It was very funny. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Really long. Really long wedding. Felt like I was there. Um. I felt like I. I really knew those guys and and well we really better, got to know those guys i feel really comfortable with the dads they're 
they've been a huge part of this movie, way more than they needed to be. Um, not part of the mummy story at all. Not part of the. They mummies. didn't know that the mummies existed. The, for pe- two people who are unaware that mummies are alive, yeah. Um, but yeah, they get married. They say goodbye to the mummies, and then uh, Marshall has an extended, goes back, hugs Harold, cries, yells out "No!" I think. It's um, just like it's not Elliot and ET. That's what they wanted you to feel like, though, yeah. is that he's saying goodbye to his best friend that he's probably spent all of. I mean, they woke him up for three days here. Those kids spent like a couple hours with those mummies this time. Yeah, they because they were trying the to find. They were trying to find the mummies most of the movie. Oh yeah. Oh oh, we skipped the scene where the mummies order a million dollars worth of room service. Oh yeah, that they eat and yeah. uh, it doesn't just fall out of their bodies. Yeah. Um, so apparently they're just walking around and there's like uh, a large amount of food just rolling around inside their bodies. Yeah. They don't have digestive systems. They've been yeah. taken out. Um, and then I don't really remember what happened after that. They all go home. Yeah, I guess so. And then they're like, oh. Oh, they drive off in the hearse and the license plate is replaced with a license plate that says the end. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. I didn't catch that. Um. Oh, maybe the license plate always says the end because it is a hearse. It doesn't. That would be a good license plate for a hearse, though. That would be a good license plate for a hearse. My, my uncle used to drive a hearse. Did he? Like, professionally? Yeah. No, he was a drummer. Oh, okay. But I bet a hearse was good for, like, carrying around his drum kit. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you want to rate this movie? How many uh, red Jasper Scarab red uh, Jasper. amulets? I give it one red Jasper Scarab out of ten. Wow, one out of ten. Um, I'll give it two out of ten. Because uh, I, I liked the Sam Richardson uh, impersonator. He was he made me laugh a couple times. I think you're not... Okay, well, I know what next week's movie is. It's 20, 20% is not... I mean, that's a bad that's a bad rating. You gave it a 10%. I gave it a 10%, which I think is... I mean... For, I will say that halfway through the movie, I paused it to see how much time was left. Um, oh, and what did it say? How far? I was I was like thirty minutes in. I had like a lot <laughs> left to go, like thing. an hour left to go. I, I was did like, the oh. same thing. I like this has it. to be almost over. I paused <laughs> it, and I was only thirty three minutes into it. Yeah, um, I was ready for it to be over way before it was over. Um, it was not. Yeah, it wasn't. A, it was not an enjoyable movie for me. Um, man, like the, the I will give it one star. Um, because I, I feel like I feel like I could have given it zero. You definitely could have given it zero because neither one of your kids was interested in even giving it a chance. They're, they're yeah. I mean, unless we want to start reviewing YouTube videos about Minecraft and craft five minute craftings. My kids really love these videos where it's, uh, it's unbearable. It's these, it's, uh, the people on the screen aren't talking. They're just making these really dramatic facial expressions. Oh. And then there's like voices dubbed over it saying what they're saying as they're doing like bizarre crafts that are completely 
um, unrealistic that nobody would ever do, like freezing paint to make fake popsicles and stuff like that. No, oh, why would you want to do that? I have no idea. A lot of it has to do with cutting cardboard shapes out of cardboard and coloring it and stapling it to your bed, like. Well, after hear, after hearing you describe that, I'm I kind of want to like raise my rating of this movie. <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. Like at least this is an actual movie that has a story and characters. Uh, I'd much rather watch this movie than watch YouTube videos of people. Pres- I think in Germany, I think they're mostly German, but it's like being dubbed over into every different language for the whole world. But I'm pretty sure it's German people. So I'd much rather watch this than Germans cut up Coke bottles. Yeah, me too. And one of the kids could act. So I'm a, you know what? I'm gonna give it three stars. You give it three, three stars. Three scarab amulets. You know, I'll give it. I'll raise my rating. I'll give it two. Two. Nice. Next year, are we gonna do uh, under wraps three? Yeah, because uh, there is a 100. If Disney still exists next year, yeah, um, and America still exists. There will be an Under Wraps 3. Well, I guess it took two years for the sequel this time. Oh, did it? Yeah. I think the... I think the Do you think this was a two-year production? Or? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a troubled production. We'll see. But yeah, I think, you know, it'll be good. I just feel like I can't wait to see how Gilbert's going to grow and evolve and if he's going to get over his scaredy-cat tendencies, if Gutless Gilbert's or gutsy Gilbert's YouTube channel is going to take off. I really, yeah. I really want to see if Amy's going to get to be the editor in chief of the newspaper her senior year. Yeah. And Marshall was basically a prop who had no. Marshall like, was completely useless in this he, movie. He, 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 we didn't <laughs> need him at all. Frankly, we could have done without Gilbert either. <laughs> this could have just been the Amy show. Amy did everything. Uh, <laughs> she, did, she was the only driving. She was the only character who had a plot that moved forward. Yeah. Like Gilbert provided some good sidekick vibes, maybe. Good sidekick vibes. But Marshall was just he his part was nothing. He just really wanted to hug a mummy and his friends to still like him. And his friends did still like him. Yeah, his friends were like very <laughs> confused by why he was upset. His friends were, yeah. They're like, we have been they had been hanging out together the entire movie. They went to the corn maze together. They walked home together. They went on this trip together. I mean I don't really know what Marshall's deal is. I guess there was the part where they had a secret handshake. Yeah, I guess he wasn't part of... But you know what? Marshall, like, joined the newspaper. Just join the newspaper, Marshall. It's not that hard. Newspaper's the easiest thing. Yeah, you're the one that's you're the one that's not hanging out with them. If you care so much about relationship drama, write a gossip column. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's really the the lesson and to Marshall, be learned here. He also, he needed a haircut. He had, a, he had some moppy hair. He had some Jonathan Taylor Thomas vibes going on. It didn't work for him. Yeah, it was re- he was real uh, middle schooly. Yeah, real middle schooly. All right. Um, what are we going to do next week? Have we decided? Yeah, next week is the last week in October, and so we got a big finale for our spooky October week. Big finale. The the witch is a Waverly Place too. Which is a Waverly Place. Or no, hocus pocus, hocus pocus. That's what I'm, that's what I meant. Oh, good. Hocus my heart, pocus. my heart sank. 
Man, like, Disney, man, does, Disney does a lot of witches stuff. Yeah, they do. Um, it is the same. It is the same stories. Basically, Disney is like Halloween. They have the same stories. They just put different costumes on them. I just realized all of our Halloween episodes have been Disney. Yeah, we need to start spreading it out. We haven't done a non-Disney one since uh, My Little Pony. Really? Yeah. This, is that the only non-Disney? Well, oh, no, we did Big City Greens. That's Disney. Oh, that is Disney. <laughs> we've, only, <laughs> we've only done one non-Disney episode. Yeah, we're not sponsored by Disney. No, um, we're, we're talking trash about Disney this week. Well, yeah, this this was a miss. Um, next, yeah, after after Holy Focus Two, we'll we'll do something on uh, a different streaming service. Shutter. Shutter. I don't think <laughs> do they have they don't have kids content. No, they do not. No. Um. What about um. Yeah, next week's Hocus Pocus. So next week, Hocus two. Pocus 2. It's actually a good movie. Everybody's going to watch it. Well, I liked Hocus Pocus 1, so. It's not as know. good as Hocus Pocus 1. But. I mean, it's got legit actors in it. It's got legit actors in it. Sarah uh, Jessica Parker is still just smoking hot. So that doesn't hurt anything. It's unnecessary. I probably am going to edit out that I said that. Wow. All right. That was weird. Um. Okay. Well, yeah. Have fun doing that. Um. Bette Midler has got to be ancient. You know what? She looks exactly like she did in one. Good makeup. Yeah. All right. Well. Um. I'll I'll start watching that. The night before the podcast. <laughs> You're gonna like it. <laughs> it's actually good. Make your. Kids uh, I know. Watch. Yeah. Uh. Make June yeah, watch. It June. With you. June watch. He. She liked the first one, so yeah. she'll watch the second one with me. All right, that is Saturday morning, dads. Courage, we took a shot on our famous catchphrase. Uh, yeah, that's a wrap. All right.